yeah. Oh my god. It has been too long. NBA Australia. There you go. That's right. It's NBA Australia. This is our first episode since the second week of July. Not much has happened since, which is good. It is Monday, October 3rd. I am your host, James Clements. I'm actually uh, the editor of uh, CodeBet. <laughs> I'm also a writer. You can also see me on Fox Sports Labs NBA as of next week. Just saying. Heads up. Uh, either way, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. Got some news. We'll get into that at the very top of the show. Uh, but we are here. Setting up a brand new NBA season. I'm stoked. You're stoked. That's well. Let's all be stoked together. Why the bloody hell not, huh? Uh, we left off on a five big things left this offseason, I think, back in uh, July. So we'll pick up with six big offseason things that actually happened that actually matter heaps this season. We'll have some Yenars, and uh, that'll be it. Quick one today. Um, I'll get into that in a second. So uh, Yenars, unpopular opinion today, and air pack takehouse where we're serving up. A flame grill take. And we'll finish up with a really brief deli review because the king is back, you little ripper. All right, let's get into it. Episode 846 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. You better. Oh, yeah. You better watch out for the uh, attack of the brand new baby as well. That's right. We had our squid number two. He's pretty gnarly. Uh, Old mate is absolutely smashing it. So... Uh, yeah, that's why we've had such a big layoff. You might remember, I think when we left off, we're about to head up to Queensland for a quick little holiday. And uh, the cool thing was, not much happened in the NBA offseason sort of in between. We had the Donnie Mitchell trade, uh, the KD sort of thing figured out. We'll get to that in a second. And uh, yeah, so we sort of just hung out. The thing is, I also got a job. And uh, yeah, I'm now the editor of CodeBet. Go check it out, codebet.com.au. Or is it codesports.com.au slash bet? Whatever you want to do, check us out on the socials. Good times. You get to read me. I'll be writing a shit ton about NBA this season. A lot of NFL. You can obviously check me out on NFL Australia as well. Just saying. So, yeah, lots going on. That means NBA Australia. We're going to keep going. Of course we are. But I love doing this. Uh, but we're going to be a little bit more infrequent. Just a heads up. We are going to cover every single game this season, though. That's what we do. That's what we do, mate. It's what we do. So... Uh, yeah, new skid. <laughs> new skid? <laughs> Checks out. I'll tell you what, having a three-and-a-half-year-old as well as the uh, brand-new baby, the three-and-a-half-year-old, look, he's all right. He's pretty chill. The squid? Squid dose. He's like, oh, guess what? I'm tiny. I'm just shitting all the time. The other one's like, oh, Dad, can I? I'm, I'm, I'm all good. I'm a big boy. He's like, oh, I wipe my own bum. And you go, oh, God, no. He hasn't, has he? You check his undies. It's like, oh, this is a mess. <laughs> Ah, good times, great memories, fatherhood. Right, let's get into it. How do we start every show here at NBA Australia? How do we do stay. it? Oh, do we stay off the weed? Stay off the weed. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, man, I have missed this. Now we start with the Daily Whip Around. There it is. Uh, right, so when we left, five big things left. What I reckon happens, we had Kevin Durant. We had all the teams that he wanted to go to. And one by one. 
All these avenues to go anywhere shut down. Phoenix, uh, they matched the indie offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton. Uh, so they did, basically didn't have any of the assets to throw in a KD trade. Miami never really had anything. New Orleans never really stepped up. Atlanta never threw their balls on the table. Washington neither. Toronto didn't want to part with Scotty Barnes. A bunch of other stuff. Memphis, Boston, nah, nothing happened. So KD decided to stay. We'll get into that in a second. Kyrie, that was another big thing. He wants to stay in net. He uh, obviously, you know, signed back on. Kind of gnarly. It's because he had no other options. And then boom, we had media day, which is pretty fun. And he's like, yeah, guess what? I ran out of options because everyone thinks I'm a fucking idiot. It's like, well, there's not really a giant amount of surprise from anybody here, is it, Kyrie? Because, you know, you do you, bro. You do you. Aiton. Uh, he got signed by Indy, and then uh, he's not stoked to be back in Phoenix, but guess what? He's back in Phoenix. He hasn't spoken to Monty Williams since. He was uh, basically ripped off the court by Monty in Game 7. Uh, Donnie Mitchell very much looked like he was going to go to New York. Cleveland came in over the top. Cleveland. You better believe it. Cleveland, Cleveland. did the damn thing. Colin Sex and a bunch of picks, and off he goes. So, the other big thing that sort of happened uh, that we haven't touched on yet, Emei Udoka. Just uh, Ruta confirmed, just absolute shagger, total stick man, just laying that wood. Unfortunately, you know, there's also a bit of a, a sense of decorum when we go about these things. I mean, if you're going to have a consensual relationship, cool. Make sure it stays consensual, Emei. Uh, no one really knows what happens. I think it's all a bit of a, uh, it's a bit fucking crazy, right? Like the amount of talk and chatter that people love to get about it's just fucking gross. I mean, he's obviously done something fucked up. The Celtics gone, right, you're suspended for a year. And everyone's like, whoa, fuck, must have been pretty bad. And all the uh, all great internet sleuths out there are like, oh, I'm a fucking detective now, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, great job, idiot. Uh, but either way, look, Emei, Shagger, looks like some shit got wonky. He done fucked up. He's been suspended. We'll talk about that in a second. So, without further ado... Let's just do the, like, the six biggest NBA offseason stories and what they mean going into the actual season. We'll do some quick ENRs, and then I'll get out of your hair, and we'll come back next week and be you know doing some more big previews. Sound good? Good. Let's do it. We'll take a quick break. Stay in- off the weed. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay off the weed, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break, rest this voice, come back in a second, and we'll break down those offseason stories after we hear from my best mate, Nick K. This is Nick Kay, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Six off-season stories and what they mean going into the actual season, 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 season. That was good, wasn't it? I just did that one right off the top. I'm just saying, right, so let's get stuck into this, right? So six biggest NBA off-season stories and what they mean going into this actual season. There's a few out there, right? KD staying. That's a pretty big one. We'll start there. So we have the uh, confetti raining down. The Warriors win. We have the uh, draft. We have an off-season full of turmoil. KD hijacks the draft by declaring he wants to be traded from Brooklyn. His... Four-year extension hasn't started yet. So you say, oh, yeah, cool. We've got him under control for four more years. We don't have to do shit if we don't want to, say Brooklyn. 
Uh, flip side, all the other teams that would be trading for KD would be like, huh, we get KD for four years. That's awesome. And then they have that sort of moan of like, eh, he's getting a bit old. What are we really going to give up for Kevin Durant at this point of his career? Boom. Smash cut to uh, essentially he meets with, uh, you know, the Nets head honchos. Reiterates his point. I want to be traded. Get me the fuck out of here. I don't like this. It's like, uh, okay. He waits. The trade market just sort of shakes out, reveals that, mm, yeah, not much out there. KD sort of sitting there just on Twitter, scrolling endlessly as he does. Looks around, looks around, looks around, goes, fuck, hang on. There's no one out there who can actually trade for me. Ah, oh, no. Wait, hang on a second. How about Josiah? Nets owner. How about you fire Sean Marks, the GM, and the bloke I picked to coach his team, Steve Nash, like two years ago? Fuck them off, and we're good. And Joe was like, no, Kevin. That's stupid. Shut up. I'm the fucking boss. Yes, you're a superstar. I'm not going to fire the GM and the coach just because you had a fucking tanty. Sit the fuck down. We'll trade you if we want to trade you. Kevin goes back to his Twitter scrolling, looking through IG, dropping some DMs, no doubt, hanging out. So after, you know, taking that tack, uh, gets to, you know, end of August into September, he's like, oh, fuck, I made a horrible mistake. Sits down with Joe Sy, as well as <laughs> Sean Marks and Steve Nash. What a great meeting this must have been, right? It's like, just imagine you're sitting there with a bloke who's just like, yeah, I want you motherfuckers out of a job. I hate you. I want you to be fired. And Sean Marks and Steve Nash are sitting there looking at Kevin Durant just going, you fucking prick. This fucking guy. KD brings his business partner along. They sit down. Everyone sings Kumbaya. KD remains a net. We are moving forward. So it feels sort of like the entire Kevin Durant experience like all wrapped up into one big thing. It's like a bloke, oh, all I care about is basketball. Spends a very large amount of time giving huge amounts of craps about literally everything else. His legacy. What Stephen A. Smith is saying about him. <laughs> like, I mean... Say I don't agree with the part about me being horny all hours of the day. It's a few hours in the day, yes, but not all hours of the day. I digress. I digress as well. Like, KD worries about that sort of shit. He worries about what 14-year-old fucking nerds are saying about him online. And then Kevin's like, nah, all I care about is basketball, man. I'm a hooper. I'm a hooper. It's like, all right, then shut up and fucking, I don't know, just make sure that this team kicks ass. You know? You've got a pretty big infrastructure built around you there in Brooklyn. You chose to come here. You fucking hitched your wagon to Kyrie fucking Irving, and you're like, actually, I've made a horrible mistake. Trade me. And they're like, No. You idiot. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So my thing is, how does this all wash out? So Kyrie signs on for one more year. Ben Simmons is healthy. They've kept Patty Mills. They've traded for Royce O'Neal. They've brought in TJ Warren. He's, uh, you know, still getting healthy, but a bit of uh, fun bench scoring there. You get Joe Harris back from injury. I was yelling about this the entire fucking way. All I want to see is how Simmons, Irving, and KD work together on the court. Because, isn't this what we've always asked for with Ben Simmons? Oh, man, Ben Simmons plus shooters, that'd be fucking sick, man. It's like, yeah, 
How about you just surround him with like some of the fucking best shooters in NBA history, like Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah, but I didn't mean it like that. I meant like in Houston or something, man. <laughs> then shut up. Give me Simo and fucking shooters. Box Hill Benny out there just being like next level Draymond and away we go. I'm kind of excited and I want to see what happens. I mean, when it gets to the playoffs and big Simo Ben Simmons is thrust in the bright lights again, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. He'll be throwing, uh, throwing the ball into the crowd rather than shooting it. Um, but what this offseason you know, storyline has meant is that they are the team with probably the widest range of outcomes this year, right? The Nets. And like we, you know, the best part about taking a bit of time off this off season was that I, you know, basically skipped talking about the Nets the entire time because it bores me to fucking tears. I just want to see him hoop. KD's a hooper. I'm a hooper, man. Then go out there and fucking hoop. Let's see what happens. It could be awesome. We could see everybody buy in. KD, Kyrie, Simo. It could just click. You got Seth Curry. You've got Joey Harris. You've got Royce O'Neal, another big sort of wing defender to go next to Simo as well. TJ Warren. Love it. You could see the buy-in. You could see it just clicking. And then you could also just fucking see it falling apart like a Lego set bought from fucking Wish. You know? This could be done, but this could be cooked by November, <laughs> two weeks into the season. It's like, yeah, I still want to be traded. I never said I didn't want to be. <laughs> So I'm fascinated, but I think this was KD's best option. Stay, make it work. If he's worried about his legacy, guess what? If you stay, kick some ass, take your licks, put in the fucking hard yards in Brooklyn, and just stick there, guess what? That's good for your legacy. Jesus, this shit isn't rocket surgery sometimes. I swear, the fucking people around these players... Just get their heads so far up their own ass. They just can't sort of see the forest for the fucking tree sometimes. That's why they need me as the VP of Common Sense. Just saying. Just saying. Right, number two. Celtics lost their coach. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty big, doesn't it? They make the NBA Finals. Ima Udoka kicks them into fucking shape throughout the season. After January, uh, they have the best defense, uh, a fucking record-setting pace uh, worth of defense where it's like, oh shit, if they had kept up, that up all year, who knows what would have happened. It would have been incredible. And now they don't have a coach. So in terms of stories having big impacts on the court, this Celtics one is fascinating, isn't it? Because you've got Jason Tatum, you've got Jalen Brown. They bring in El Presidente, Malcolm Brogdon. Then the Lugalunari. He's signed, he tears his ACL playing in Europe uh, for the Italian national team. Tough scenes, a bit of a rough one. They bring in Blake Griffin. Cool, man. Should have brought him bangers, I'm just saying. He's going to play his way back in the NBA on those Brisbane bullets. Time Lord Robert Williams, he's still limping around. They don't have a timetable on him coming back at the moment. And there's sort of all these sort of weird questions, right? You've got Al Horford, another year older. You do have our Presidente Brogdon, though, to pair with Dezza White. To pair with Marcus Smack, dude. So how does feeling coach Joe Mazzula deal with that, right? So he's going to integrate a couple of new players, but they have the vets. They've got Tatum. They've got Brown. They've got Horford. They've got Smart. Does Mazzula get that same buy-in from players that Udoka like, was so memorably able to halfway through last year, right? What happens when adversity hits, though? So it feels like you should be able to hit the ground running as, as the Celtics. Like You've still got Tatum and Brown. You should be fine. 
But what happens when it gets a bit fucking squirrely? Maybe you lose like three or four games in a row, four tough ones. There's Joe Mazzula. And mozzarella sticks. That's what I'm basically... I want to call Joe Mazzula mozzarella, but just because I've got like fucking dyslexia looking at the uh, second screen at the moment, it's Mazzula. Because <laughs> one of them has actually changed. <laughs> fucking hell. Stupid autocorrect. Anyway... I'm fascinated by this because without Yudoka there to sort of light that fire under them, kick their ass into gear, what happens? I think this is actually a little bit bigger than we probably think about, right? They'll be fine. Then the going will get a little bit tough and they'll get a bit scrappy. We've seen this before with the Celtics team, right? The talent was there on this team before Udoka took over. Brad Stevens, you know, couldn't quite whip this into shape. They were pretty successful. They also weirdly scrappy and never quite hit the exact, you know, top end of what their talent could have, uh, you know, at least promised. So maybe, just maybe, that's where we end up landing again, right? Same old Boston Celtics. I don't know. Maybe Udoka's not that important. Maybe Joe Mazzula is fine and just keeps them on the straight and narrow and they win 60 games and make an Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the Finals again. But I think, from my brain, losing your coach who just completely shaped that roster, whipped him into shape, kicked their asses, challenged them, losing that voice and losing that profile is actually a little bit bigger than we're sort of thinking. So if they backslide a little bit, it's probably not going to surprise me that much, but there's still so much on that team, they should be fine. Donnie Mitchell. Oh, Donnie. He's a Cleveland, Cleveland. Cavalier. And they are a wagon. I fucking love this. In terms of off-season stories... It's like, it was the one that you just went, huh, hang on. Oh, shit, that makes the Cavs awesome. So they trade for Donnie Mitchell. In the process, they give up not a giant amount of what made them you know, successful last year and a bit of a surprise story. Like the sex man, Colin Sexton, he was injured. Larry Markinen's Larry Markinen. Like Ochai Agbaji was drafted last, like in the draft, just gone, number 13. There's picks in 25, 27, 29, the two swaps in 26, 28. Cool. You've just given up on nine, five years' worth of drafts. Sweet. None of those draft picks got you to 44 wins in the nine seed last year. Now you get a 25-point-a-game live wire to go with Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, who took a big leak last year, to go with Go the Fro, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, the Twin Towers. Mobley, if he hadn't missed, like, three separate bunches of two weeks, 13 games in all, probably would have run one rookie of the year, I reckon. But... You know, you're going to have qualms about the Cavs' backcourt size. Like, Donnie Mitchell, generously listed at 6'1". Like, I've stood next to Donnie Mitchell. I'm like, I'm as tall as Donnie Mitchell. I'm like six foot. So, yeah, just showing. Uh, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, he's about six one as well. But when you've got Isaac Okoro, my sweet baby Carrots Levert, and the twin fucking towers, I think defense. it's such a great balance of offense and defense. There's shot creation from Garland. And from Donny and Sweet Baby Carrots, if you need it. You've got Mobley just doing fucking everything. Everyone's like, oh, geez, I don't know, though. But Okoro and Mobley, defensively, could be absolute fucking monsters. And you've got Jared Allen as well. They're mobile big men. They can go out. They can stretch. I oh, kind of love it. So they might be able to thread that needle. needle, needle? Good job, Jimmy. Uh, explosive offense with more than decent defense. And to be elite, that's what you need, right? So to add Donnie Mitchell to this team, they might better do that. Kind of love it. Kind of love it. Rudy Gobez, this staff of Another Utah Yaz, it's a soft J, refugee. 
He goes to Minnesota. Uh, this one for me is pretty interesting because it's not so much about Gobert, not so much about Minnesota. It's about a couple of number one picks. Carl Anthony Towns and the Ant-Man. So Cat's out of excuses now. You bring in a three-time defensive player of the year, 7'2 Frenchman. <laughs> means Cat has no responsibility on defense. He can play power forward or whatever the fuck he wants to do. His heart's, you know, heart's content. Oh, man, I'm a shooting guard. It's like, all right, cool. I'm the best big, big man shooter of all time. Cat, Dirk Nowitzki lives, you idiot. Anyway, it's kind of like he's out of excuses, though, Cat. And so if you can now just fucking concentrate on being the best you, then just do it. Like, you're sacrificing fucking, what, a decade's worth of draft picks for Rudy Gobert. You're all in. But I think this is more also about just going, cool, we'll let Cat just concentrate on doing what he does best, which is floating around, not be a defensive linchpin, but also light it up on offense, do a little bit of everything. And then the flip side is it's a vote of confidence in Ant-Man, right? Anthony Edwards, the bloke who's just like fucking lit it up last year, the explosive game changer, just, you know, pressing the fucking limits of his game last year. This could just open up a new fucking can of worms for Ant-Man. I kind of love it. Like he could vault into what, the top 20 and stay there? He's 15, top 15? With Gobert and Cat sort of just behind him. This could be awesome. I'm stoked. So I think this is a huge one for uh, the T-Wolves. The thing is, so people are like, oh, geez, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of like it doesn't really change their uh, their outlook this year. Like, they've traded all this sort of stuff and Rudy Gobert and stuff. Like, it doesn't really get them into the top three in the West. So, yeah, guess what? No one's jumping into the top three of the West this year. Like, the West is, like, flat. <laughs> one through ten. You may as well just fucking throw a bunch of names out and see how it lands, and that's your uh, final standing in the, the season, what Minnesota did was like narrow their range of outcomes. It gives them a low, I mean, or gives them a high floor rather, where it's like, yeah, we're going to have a f- half-decent defense probably now that we've got Gobert. We've got Cat. We've got length. We're on. Off we go. And we might better light it up as well on offense with Ant-Man. So it should at least, you know, get them right in the mix. And that's exactly where Minnesota need to be. Like, they're fucking, they've been just completely, completely bullshit for years, the T-Wolves. Now, they're kind of relevant. That's huge. I reckon, you watch this, they will probably struggle early. They were like, oh, geez, I can't believe they did this for Gobert. I reckon dangerous smoke in the second half of the season. They'll figure out how to play together. Unleash the best versions of Ant and Cat and off they go. Uh, in the East, can Junte Murray and Trey Young coexist on the Hawks? This is an interesting one. You got what a ball dump. You trade for a ball dominant all star point guard when you've already got a ball dominant all star point guard. Sure, but Dejounte Murray for me is the panacea for a lot of what ails the Hawks. Defensively, they they were just a shit show, right? They trade off Kevin fucking Okwara. He's gone. They bring in Dejounte Murray, pair him up with Trey Young. Dejounte is not much of a shooter, but. I love it. Oh, he's not a shooter, though. It's like, yeah. How does he get his points? <laughs> he and Trey, it feels like it could, it could be a really fun combo. Just think about DeJunte Murray setting a screen for Trey Young. Just all that ball handling out there at the same time. Um, but for me, this is uh, very similar to with the Cavs, where you can, at any one time, the Cavs can roll out Donnie Mitchell with Jared Allen or Darius Garland and Mobley and have like that big small combo at all times. 
It kind of feels like if you've got DeJounte Murray and Trey Young out there for the full 48 minutes of an NBA game, you're probably going to be on the right track. But defensively, DeJounte Murray will set a tone that the Hawks desperately fucking need. And Nate McMillan is just going to be like, thank God someone actually wants to play defense on this team. And I think it'll actually be pretty good. I think there'll be some fucking wrinkles early on. And again, similar to like, you know, Minnesota might be hands in the air. What the fuck have we done? But if they stick with it and Trey Young doesn't get into his own head with that wispy hair on top of it, they might be all right. Kind of like the Hawks, just saying. Uh, what of the Lakers? What of the Lakers? The Lakers stink! They do. What happens with Russell Westbrook? Look, A, who cares, really? <laughs> I mean, because so much of this just simply comes down to do LeBron and Anthony Davis stay healthy? Like, almost everything else around the Lakers is kind of almost peripheral, right? Everyone's shitting on Lonnie Walker. That's fine. Everyone's shitting on, you know, Kendrick Lamar Nunn. That's fine. They trade THT. That's hilarious. Like, oh, we can't ever part with THT. They bring in Pat Bev. It's basically sicking a fucking... You've got a Jack Russell. You've He's been barking at the postman just time and time and time and time again. That's Russell Westbrook. And then, you know, the fucking big dog that keeps walking past him all the time that he loses his mind at. Suddenly you've adopted that guy. <laughs> What's going to go on there? Probably nothing great. Will Rusty come off the bench? We'll see what happens. The Lakers live in this weird sort of bizarro world where it might not matter what they're doing, but they sort of believe in what they're doing, and it's going to be funny because Jeannie Buss is like, nah, we've got Darvin Ham, man. It's like, all right, cool. You know that Frank Vogel won a title. <laughs> anyway. But Darvin Ham, can he whip Russell Westbrook into shape? Doesn't matter, probably not. Uh, but the Lakers, look, they just need to go and get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald off the paces, t- give whatever it takes uh, to get them and to get as much as they can out of AD and LeBron this year. LeBron's going to be 38. Are you fucking all in or not? You know, just go at it. Anyway, so that's sort of the sixth sort of big thing. We'll have other ones that we sort of uh, get into next week or whatever. Later this week, when I pop back on. But, like, the Lakers, all that sort of hinges on LeBron and AD. The thing that blows my mind about the Lakers, though, is, like, we literally have, literally, 20 years. 20 years. It'll be 20 years since LeBron was drafted back in 2003 uh, by the time this season finishes. If you just put shooting around LeBron, shooting in defense, guess what happens? Good fucking things. Oh, duh. Like, this is literally the story of LeBron. You put shooting and defense around him, you win a title. Or you get close. You're good. The Lakers did that. They had KCP. Sure, they're on the bubble and they got that Mickey Mouse title, but still. It was shooting. It was defense. LeBron AD. Off they go. Russell Westbrook doesn't do either. Then get him the fuck out of there. You know? I was pretty high on the Westbrook vibe. I was just like, cool, come in, take a bit of the fucking, uh, you know, carry some of the load. He and AD could be a you know, bit of two-man game. LeBron can chill out, rest a little bit. But Rusty's just sort of fallen off a cliff. That's just what happened. But So get what you can for him. Package those draft picks, 27-29 for the Lakers. Go get Buddy Heald. Go get Miles Turner. Do what it takes. Send LeBron off with another title. Off you go. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over then. Rusty off the bench. That'd be fucking hilarious. Right. So there's those six. Uh, in terms of other stuff, we'll cover some more off-season gear uh, later this week when we do the, you know, the next show. Uh, we'll do some Yenars in a second. 
And uh, we'll also, for the rest of the off-season, you know, we'll do some more we'll power rank. We'll, put, uh, we'll come up with Jimmy's NBA Australia tiers of uh, should I give a fuck about these teams. But the biggest thing, the off-season that uh, sort of that yells at me, just like look at it time and time and time and time again. I'm going to hit on any ENRs in a second. Tell you what, this season looks pretty fucking pretty toasty. It's pretty toasty, mate. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, do some ENRs after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. There you go. Let's do some yeah nahs. And then we'll get out of your hair. Because um, I've got to go to bed, you know. I've got a three-week-old in the fucking house. No one's getting any sleep. The baby, the squid, old mate, your pal Jimmy. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's say that yeah nahs are brought to you by CodeBit. Uh, my new gig. Go check it out. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it's going to be... So we have, like, all these amazing odds comparison tools and stuff on there. And so if you, you know... But really... All the features and stuff we talk, we uh, end up writing about. Look at we break down the odds, we break down the sort of you know data, bit of analysis in there. It's fucking great fun. Uh, so check it out. But when the NBA season kicks in, the odds comparison tools are going to be fucking just priceless. So uh, get right around it. Uh, right, let's do some quick NRs. Number one, with such a big creamy middle. Oh, it's creamy of really good teams. Jimmy, does this one feel like one of the most wide open? NBA seasons in years. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Of course it does. Because this is the weird sort of aspect of uh, what the salary cap has sort of done, right? Like, there's this sort of weird mix of, okay, we can um, come up with some happy parody. Are you guys happy with that? And then there's a couple of folks who are like, oh, yeah, actually, we're going to sort of cap ourselves into not being able to go and do a LeBron and have, you know, the big three. You've got a lot of big twos, a lot of big two and a halves this season. But my favorite thing is, if you think about it, there's probably only two, three, like legit, oh, we're fucked and we're tanking already teams. Or at least teams that haven't got a foundational piece yet, but they're sort of waiting for it. It's like San, Ant- San Antonio and Utah, essentially. Utah are like, you know, fire sale. Bo Young gets traded to Detroit. Like, but it's teams like Detroit who might not be very good, but they'll have shit this year. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, that sort of stuff. The same sort of thing goes for, like, the Rockets. You've got Jalen Green. You've got Jabari. You're laughing. Orlando, you've got Palo. Okay, see, so... Chet hurts his foot. He's out for the year. They've still got Gids. They've still got Shy. It really is like 28 sort of teams that will sort of at least be night in, night out having a bit of a crack. And that is fucking awesome. So that gets me psyched. I'll tell you much. That's why, yeah, that's a big creamy middle. Like the top echelon is going to be the top echelon. And we'll sort of break down the tiers um, next week or whatever. But. I think just as a wide open view, it's going to be 
a crazy NBA season where night to night you're going to need to be following it pretty hardcore because the standout performers, the standout performances, and the standout teams, it's going to change night in, night out, I reckon. That's it. Jimmy, are you a bit worried about the Suns in Chicago? Yeah, nah. You mean the 1993 NBA finalists? Uh, yeah, nah, yes, I am. I'm getting a little bit more worried. So the one thing we didn't touch on earlier was the uh, off-season story was DeAndre Ayton and the Suns because I want to talk about that now. So Bobby Sauver, he's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to sell the team because um, everybody's laughing at me and I'm a fuckhead, allegedly. Um after the investigation sort of found that he's just dropping N-words just left, right, and center like a fucking idiot. And, you know, the sort of half-hearted apology, oh, but no, not really kind of apology. It very clearly felt like a concerted effort by the NBA just to turn him into a uh, a very deserving pariah. You had, you know, Chris Paul, LeBron, uh, but more importantly, like the minority owners of the Suns yelling, hey, yeah, this fuckhead should sell this team because what a dick. And, uh, yeah, if you listen to this show on the reg, you know that I don't have any time for Robert Sava. Fuck him. So, yeah, he should sell his team. It's like, oh, what a punishment. Yeah, he's going to be rich for fucking... He's going to be richer than God. <laughs> Sick. Cool. Cry me a river. Fuck off, Bobby Sava. The thing is, the Suns, doesn't that feel like it's just ripe for a bit of a fuck around? Jay Crowder's already asked out. He's like, hey, yeah. Uh, so Monty Williams asked me to come off the bench. I told her to go get fucked, and I want to trade. <laughs> cool, Jay Crowder. Very team-oriented guy, aren't you? Oh, gee, I can't wait to get Jay Crowder on my team, said all the contenders. Yeah. No, I'm good. So you've got an aging Chris Paul who fell off the edge of a cliff at the end of the, well, at the end of his playoff run last season. I got COVID. Devin Booker, you've got Mikael Bridges, you've got Aiton. Aiton very clearly wants the fuck out. He's like, when's December 15? Oh, wait, do I have to wait until after that to get traded because of this fucking stupid, like, when I sign the goddamn offer sheet? Yes. He's like, all right, February, trade deadline, let's go. It just, feel, it just feels squirrely, the Suns. You've got Cam Johnson, that's kind of cool, but oh, just feels very squirrely. And Chicago without Lonzo. We saw what happened last year to Chicago when Lonzo wasn't around. You've got Caruso back. That's fine. You've got DeMar DeRozan there. you got the Vooch. Cool. Patch Williams. Maybe it's okay, but without Lonzo, it's just... I don't know. They didn't beat anyone good last year, Chicago. It feels like that's the team that if it goes a bit fucky really early on, it could be just like, all right, we're trading DeMar. We're trading Vooch. Fuck, we're starting again. And every Chicago fan's like, but, but, oh, come on, man. We were so much fun for like three weeks last year. Anyway, but yes, I'm worried about Chicago without Lonzo. Hopefully they'll be fine. And I don't know, just the NBA is better when Chicago and New York are good. Speaking of which, the Knicks, are they going to be any good this year, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. They're going to be lefty. Did you know that four of them are left-handed? I love it. Brunson, Randall, RJ. Anyway, um, I'm excited about the uh, Knicks just because... Talk about range of fucking possibilities what could happen with that team. They could definitely be like a, uh, right, fuck it, we haven't traded any of our um, draft picks yet. We're going to go big game hunting for whoever's, you know, annoyed and angry at somebody halfway through this season, off we go. You know? Could be very fun. It felt like the Donnie Mitchell thing was there for them, and they realized, eh, maybe Donnie Mitchell and Jalen Brunson isn't a great idea. 
Maybe the Jalen Brunson thing doesn't start off great. Maybe they realize, oh shit, when you got when you've actually got Jalen Brunson running a lot of this team with Randall and uh, RJ Barrett, maybe this is uh, not ideal. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Be excited about the Knicks, just because it's always going to be exciting when it comes to the Knicks. And last one, should OKC just shut down Shy Redder, Gilgis Alexander right now? You have like you know hurt his knee, sprained his MCL. It's like fucking hell, Shay. Is this guy ever going to be like a healthy B play a full season? <laughs> They're going to tank. Like, OKC should already be tanking for Wembenyama already. So, uh, I don't know. Does Shea get, you know, traded? Yeah, nah. Nah. Because Shai's the dude that you want. He's young. He's talented. Oh, but they could get so much for him. What? Like, somebody like Shai Redigil just Alexander? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, but, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they shut him down when they do. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now, look at me, please. Look at me. King Delhi. I haven't mentioned the Sacramento Kings yet. I'm just saying, unpop- it might not be unpopular. This might actually be quite popular. This is NBA Australia. You know how we feel about King Delhi. He's actually a king. Long live the king. The queen passed away. That was another thing that happened. I kind of think the Kings might be sneaky fucking good this year. Like, just saying. Well, maybe not sneaky good, but like sneaky just annoying. You've got the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis. You've got Diazza Fox. You've got the veteran head kicker, Deli. He comes in. I kind of love it. Let's go Kangs. Just saying. That is pretty unpopular. I don't know. But I'll be uh, kinging the fuck out of a uh, Deli jersey. I'm just saying. All right. Last one. Our back take It's Monday at Outback. And you know what that means? Oh, shit. That's right. Just walked out of the back paddock. Found a roo, beat the shit out of it. Me and him had a bit of a boxing match. Tell you what, though, great kanga bangers. Now on the menu, only an outback. I fucking tenderized them myself, just saying. Today's flame grill take is Ben Simmons plus shooters. You heard Jimmy say it earlier. Guess what? It's going to go fucking massive. Not only will Brooklyn be a top two seed in the East, but they're going to win the entire thing. Only... At Outback. <laughs> I'll talk about this more in like the preseason, like team by team breakdowns, but fucking hell, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. Other shit that I'm excited for is, you know, more Rock'em Sock'em Block'em Jock'em Landale. Bit of Patty Thrills and Simo together in uh, Brooklyn. Aussie Matty T. Jingles in Millie Walk A. I loved a bit of the uh, media day, and you get like a bit of the Aussies. You had um, Jock talking about Vegemite and. You know, I'm here for all and everything to do with Vegemite. Fucking love it. Uh, but Jingles rehabbing on Milwaukee's dime. You love to see that. Uh, Gids fired up, hanging out. Josh Green back there in Dallas. Should be a great year. Patty, Dyson Daniels. Whew. The Pelicans, there's another team I'm excited about. All right, uh, that's it for the moment. Um, in terms of the odds, we gave out some quick tips last episode. Uh, the title odds, like the Bucks, the Clippers, and Denver. Like two, two, three that I really fucking loved in terms of value. Uh, worth a look as well. The sixes were pretty long at that point. And actually, it turns out Brooklyn at this time, when I think I spoke about them last, were 26 to 1. That's uh, not the case anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeez. Um, what are they actually? Uh, the, uh, let's have a quick, quick, quick squeeze and uh, see where they're at. I reckon. If we talk about actual uh, NBA title odds, 
What do you reckon Brooklyn are at? They're now at eight. That's a big difference. <laughs> I like Embiid, Ja Morant for MVP. A couple of those names. Luke is the obvious one. <laughs> God damn. Whoa. Sneezing up a storm. Paolo Bancaro for Rookie of the Year. Anyway, we'll break all that down properly later on the preseason. Anyway, that's it. It's good to be back. I hope you're stoked to hear my uh, stupid dumb voice. Either way, go check out CodeBet. Do all that good stuff. Just talking NBA, bro. All right, that's it for today. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'm stoked to be back. Squid's doing great. Old mate's doing great. Tell you what, second time around being, uh, you know, dad vibes. Not as much panic, just a lot more nervous energy. The sleep is still fucked. (laughs) Right. Uh, So we'll be back, I reckon, uh, later this week, maybe on the weekend, uh, to set up some more pre-season stuff for you. So make sure you're all over the old NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IGs. Go check out CodeBet. Support your mate, Jimmy. Uh, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. That's been back for a couple of weeks. Well, four weeks because we're into week four of the NFL. That's been fun. Gaz and I hanging out, drinking tinge, talking shit. Always fun. Uh, and that's about it, you know. Go check out the shop, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Check out the socials. You can buy T-shirts and shit through there. Uh, check us a rating review on your iTunes. Whatever podcast app you use, doesn't matter. Get right around it. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They're awesome. Love them forever. House Hats. That's their new band as well. Running out of time the album. Go check that out. Big thanks always go to Joshua DeLorandis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ram, Chakalami, Iowa Sex, Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. And let's close out today's show with a brand new deli review. <laughs> Fucking hell. Let's see how this goes. All right. Uh, we'll catch you later this week, I reckon, you dickheads. All right. This is NBA Australia saying, good to be back. Fucking great. Look after yourselves, would you? Later, Hosanna! How the fuck are you? It's your old man telling you over here, just swinging by because I'm fucking back. That's right, I'm fucking back. Spent last year in Melbourne hanging out with the missus and the squid and shit. Did some fucking workouts in the off-season for some NBO teams. And finally, Sacramento. And just like, oi, Deli, you dickhead, what are you fucking doing, man? Stop hanging out in Miraburra, Stewie, Cramieri and shit. Come play with us, man. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, all right. What's in Sacramento? And they're like, oh, no, we've got like a cinema. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's fucking go. So me and the missus, off we went, took the squid, packed up the shit, sold our joint in Millie Walk A and shit, and sort of just went, right, got an apartment, rented out. It's pretty good. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's make this king thing work. So I'm like hanging out with like all my new teammates and shit, like Demartis Sabonis, like he's fucking off his head. He's fucking hilarious, that bloke. He's like, oh, hello, look at me, I'm Demartis. And I'm like, ah. Ah, shut up, dickhead. Your name is Suvlaki. Shut up. Ah, I love him. And Darren Fox, fuck, mate. That dude runs so fucking quick. He's like, call me Swiper the Fox. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dickhead, but your name is fucking cool as shit. Foxy. Hey. Off we go. So, look, I've spent the off-season so far with Sacramento, like, 
kicking their asses into gear, yelling at them, teaching them how to play wooden basketball and shit. So, you know, like after United last year, it was pretty fun and shit, but fucking good to be back in the NBA. Tell you that much. Just out here, fucking clamping motherfuckers down and stuff. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, but my pop culture review for today, like, real quick one. I don't know. Have you been keeping up with, like, that new Game of Thrones and shit? Because, like, House of the Dragon, I'm, like, fucking no spoils or nothing, but it's a bit fucking, oh, a bit on the nose. So, oh, is she going to root her uncle? What the fuck? Nah, man, this is sick ass. <laughs> what the fuck? And then you're like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, there's a time skip and shit, and there's dragons and, like, fucking all these kids and shit. And I don't know, but tell you what, they're all fucking a bit nuts, those Targaryens, aren't they? Look at them fucking, oh, look at me funny hair and shit, man. And you're like, all right, fuckhead. Are you the king? Oh, sick. Yeah, all right, go kick some ass. But how good's Damon Targaryen? That dude is fucking off his rocker. I love it. Reminds me of some blokes that I know back home in Maribor, eh? Anyway, so look, so far, what is it like? I don't know, five, six episodes or some shit. I've watched a bunch of them. The missus fucking loves it. She's all online, like, following everyone along and whatever. And she's like, watch this, Dally A. And I'm like, all right, fucking sick. So, yeah, we've watched a bunch of it. I've loved it. It's like, I don't know, at least like 24 out of 10 Dally ones. What do you reckon? Yeah, pretty good. Oh, also, massive props to the Opals for winning that uh, medal as well. I was fucking sick. How good Lauren Jackson, eh? Yeah, sick. All right, so, yeah, go check out the House of the Dragon. Fucking sick as. And, uh, yeah, any other tips or whatever, shout out, and I'll uh, give, it a, give it a poop, eh? That's what I do. It's fucking good to be back on the Kings. They call me King Deli, I've heard. So, fucking sick as. All right, later, fuckers. Deli out.